Blog Talk Radio. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Michael Vick will be there. Uh, just a lot of NFL household names. 
fantasy football fest is something we're checking out. And uh, I don't know, it's going to be the first kind of gathering of the players to to check out what's what's around the industry. They've always had the FSTA out in Vegas, but you know that's that's a bunch of right. industry guys. I mean, I'm okay, industry's all right and whatever, but it's just a bunch of kind of a networking thing. It's not a it's not a fan thing, you know, like Gen Con or the Star Star Wars geeks, you know, any of that. Um, that brings out the players and, and the fans, and we've never had anything like this before. So I'm very curious to see if this works. They 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 targeted it, in, you know, around five major cities up there in the Northeast. So they're they're hoping that they get a, a flood of people wanting to come check out what fantasy football is all about. And it's gonna be interesting to see if uh, see if they can pull it off. Well, you, you know what, Scott, I think that's pretty cool because uh, let's face it, there's a lot of. Uh, High-profile uh, football players right now in the NFL that they dabble in fantasy football, uh, you know. And there's some uh, ex-football players like Jamal Anderson. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he does a lot of it. Uh, Jamal Charles, he does a lot of it. So, uh, you know, fantasy football it runs it runs through everybody, whether it's us talking about it on the air. Or whether it's uh, the players, there's there's a lot of players that they really understand uh, the deal of uh, fantasy football and how much it means to a lot of people. We've got uh, if you want to reach the show, you can reach us at Red Blue Radio on Twitter, Red Blue Radio at Gmail dot com for email, Facebook dot com slash Red Blue Radio. Uh, you can also reach the FPA, the same thing, the FPA on Twitter, Fantasy PA on um, what do you call it, Facebook, you know, if you like to use that, however you want to hit us up, however you want to talk to us, we'd be happy to hear from you. We've got a special guest from DynastyLeagueFootball.com tonight, Eric Dickens. He's going to be joining the show in a few minutes. Um, those guys have a lot of fun talking Dynasty football. And, Mike, if you haven't gotten on Twitter yet, something you need to check out, just because the news is so instant uh, in this business anymore. You know, we don't play in a lot of leagues that have – uh, free-for-all waivers, right? We don't really play in those anymore because they're kind of unfair. It's, it's whoever can jump to the computer fast enough, you get the player. We've kind of abandoned those in the in the high-stakes world, even in the mid-stakes world. They've, they've, got, they've abandoned those rules. Now it's blind bidding. You get $1,000 in the beginning of the season to spend on waivers, and it's just a work of art every year how you spend that $1,000. Mike, you want an event in the Kentucky this year, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. If you just listen to Dave Gerzak and Eric Baltman's show, I'm sorry, Eric Baltman and Dave Gerzak's show, <laughs> that's the order wrong. Uh, if you listen to their show just this past hour, great show, by the way, they had on there Farrell Elliott from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, which you attended last year. And let, let me set the stage for everybody. If you weren't there, Mike and Rachel show up. Uh, they're getting to meet everybody and hang around with everybody, and, and it's, it's an awesome it's an awesome thing to be able to come to Kentucky where people are before the Vegas trips, before the Chicago trips, everybody's coming out to Kentucky now. It's kind of cool in our backyard. Pretty neat, right? Just to kind of yep. kick things off. And and Mike's getting to know everybody, and, you know, before you know it, the drafts start kicking off, and I go over there. This, this might have been two years ago, Mike, before it was Horseshoe, and you've been playing for a couple years now in Kentucky. Yeah. I, I go over there, man, and uh, somebody comes up to me and says, man, is that Michael Trent right there? I was like, yeah, that's Mike. He said, man, his table looks like a recycling center over there, okay? He's, we're not even in the eighth round yet. And, man, you had the bottles. I looked over there, and the bottles were just lined up. Tell me about yep. the buzz meter today. How you doing, buddy? The buzz meter is uh, it's probably at a five or six. It's not too bad. Just having a lot of things going, going on today. and uh, But, uh, no, I mean – you know, when I go to a draft, and I'm going to do it in Vegas because I can't wait to get to Vegas uh, with the FFPC crew and uh, everybody, uh, you and uh, Dave and Alex and everybody. Uh, I can't wait to get there. And when I draft, I, I guarantee you, here, here's what's going to happen: we're going to have uh, we're going to have about six or eight Miller Lights, and we're going to have a cheat sheet, and that's about it. And we're going to draft, and we're going to. Hey, I'll vouch for you. I'll vouch for you. If you show up to a draft sober, you're going to draft okay, pretty damn competitive in redraft if you show up sober. So I think I think a lot of people need to kind of recognize what Mike did last year in Kentucky. He took home a third-place finish, and we're talking about waivers right now, Mike. It's not fair to be in these leagues where it's first come, first served, or as soon as waivers run, you get to jump to the wire and get the free agents and all the people that were dropped and all that. That's just kind of unfair. So. You get $1,000 of free agent blind bid money on day one, Mike. Talk about – you finished third place overall. 
talk about how you used that thousand dollars last year. Do you remember how you did it? Because that's every year that's the biggest challenge that makes it so unique and fun. That thousand dollars of blind bidding free agency money makes this game the most unique we play. Uh, to be honest with you, Scott, we didn't use a whole lot of it. <laughs> I, I hate to steal your thunder, but uh, we we drafted uh, six. We bid twenty bucks uh, for the sixth spot. I've got it right here in front of me. Uh, and you know, we had a lot of players that just fell into our lap. Uh, we we were very lucky with very minimal injuries. We didn't have hardly any injuries. Uh, and the one, the big thing that we did was, you know, we just kept backing up RBs, RBs. We got Marshawn Lynch in round eight, and that ended up being a, that was a gold mine for us. Uh, we were struggling at wide receivers all year long, but as far as blind bidding, uh, we just kind of reached and reached and reached. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, Scott, it was it was all about the draft. Yeah, and I'm letting the guys know in the, in the chat room here. By the way, the crew is the chat room here at Red vs. Blue. Some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football show up here on this show. And so when you want to start talking about draft strategy, putting together your sleepers, this is where you want to be. They're like the high-stakes fantasy show, the dynasty show by Mr. Bronte, the BFD show, the Red vs. Blue show. These There's a lot going on, Dynasty League Football, the podcast. Uh, these are the shows you want to be on to really get your game sharp. But back to the back to the Kentucky event real quick, and we'll close that up because we've had Farrell on the show several times. That thousand dollars of blind bid money is unique in Kentucky. Farrell lets you take that money and bid for your draft slot. And so everybody shows up at the table and they say, "Okay, who wants the one pick?" Bidding starts at a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, three hundred, four, all the way up to nine hundred, nine ninety nine. Sometimes you know a thousand bucks. They'll be like, you know, back in the Back in the LT days, people were going a thousand and saying, "Screw free agency, I want LT." That's a pretty cool component of the uh, of the draft strategy, and, and one in which I, I look forward to every year. Yeah, Scott, you know, I, and I hate to jump in, but you know, I've seen it uh, in not just this year or not just last year, but uh, a couple years before that. Uh, you know, the number one draft position would go for seven fifty, eight hundred dollars, right there. So that leaves them with $200 to deal with uh, free agent money. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. I mean, I'm going to ask everybody a question. I mean, would you want to do that? You know, would you want to spend $800 for a number one pick? I know it depends on what year and, uh, you know, who's going to be number one and this and that. But that's a lot of money to spend, $800, and then only have $200 to go uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, Shane Helms in the chat room, and he just said a good point. You get the final draft spot for free, and, and that's what happens every year. Uh, the, the guy that's in 12th, he didn't have to bid anything, and most of the time the guy in 11th ends up bidding a dollar, and they're like, they're like, they're like fine, you take it. No, you take no. it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Well, Scott, I'm going to jump in there. You know, that's totally wrong. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, and uh, 10, 11, 12 end up – Based on what I've been in on these leagues, they are the highest bidders. It's those middle rounds that they don't bid that much. Well, no, I, I totally agree with that. I misspoke. I meant that the guy – yeah, you're right. The people love the turns, the 12 spot, the 11 spot. I mean the guy that's, that's selecting 11th at the end of the day. When, they, when it's down to two guys and maybe the uh, 8 and 9 spot are up for grabs, they usually look at each other and be like, all right, you take that one for a buck, I'll take this one. Yeah. You know, I even, I, I even saw two guys not bid a single dollar. Both of them got them for free. So, you know, but you do spend a lot of money in those first five, six, seven picks. It's pretty cool, a lot of fun, and it, and it really adds an element to the draft where you start to – you come out and you're like, man, I only spent 100 bucks, and there's four guys in my league that already spent 700 I'm in the driver's seat right now, you know. Pretty, pretty neat twist. They also do uh, the, the quirky 3RR, the third-round reversal, and that's, uh, that still hasn't really caught on with me yet. I know the NFFC does it. Greg Ambrosius believes in it. Uh, we did one the other night, right, Mike, the third-round reversal. And, and that's a tricky little piece, too, because the third round comes backwards and it starts at 12 or 14 comes back the other way. You know, you know Scott, uh, real quick, I think that was the LT rule. Uh, you know, it's just to, it, it's to take care of that, uh, that team that is drafting – 
in the third round, you know, that's like, oh, man, I'm screwed because I, I didn't get LT. Because LT, LaDainian Thomason, he magnified uh, fantasy football, in my opinion. So I, I just think, I think the third round reversal came from that. Yeah, it did. It was a lot of people complaining uh, about that early draft spot advantage. So let's go ahead and bring on our special guest for the evening, Eric Dickens from DynastyLeagueFootball.com. He is in the chat room. Eric, welcome. Uh, your first appearance on Red vs. Blue. How's it going, man? Hey, doing great, man. Thanks for having me. What's up, Eric? You there? Yeah. Hey, Eric. Yep. You there? Hey, sorry about that. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Man. We're uh, we're glad to have you. We've uh, we've been good friends uh, with Jeff uh, for a long time. Jeff Haverlick. Uh, he's been in several of our dynasty leagues before. He's been on Red versus Blue years ago, and 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 recently last year. Uh, and so we've been following dynasty league football for a long time. Tell us about what you do there. How long you've been there, and just what the the future holds for uh, for you at dynasty league football. Sure. Um, I am kind of the, the voice of social media for DLF. So I run the at DL football uh, Twitter feed and have been doing that for about a year and a half or so. Before that, I just was a, a very regular forum member. Um, just spent a lot of time in the forums and ended up talking to those guys and saying, hey, here's what I bring to the table. So I would say uh, marketing slash recruiting uh, for DLF as far as, you know, meeting writers, um, going on podcasts, just kind of helping get the word out there. So, and, you know, long-term, hopefully just growing with the site. I mean, we're uh, blowing up even compared to this point last year. So that's a little bit about me. Things are definitely blowing up over there. If you go to the forums, dynastyleaguefootball.com, uh, there's a huge groundswell of people that are playing Dynasty League football. And Eric, I don't know if you're familiar or not, but the high stakes arena has been really popping off the last couple of years with Dynasty Leagues offered by the FFPC. Uh, they have the one and a half point per reception for tight ends. And so you see the Jimmy Grahams and the Rob Gronkowski's go with, you know, at the end of the first round, mid first round because of that one and a half points per reception. Do you have any experience with uh, any, of the, any of these leagues? Have you heard about what they've got going on over there? Um, personally, I haven't been in any of the leagues, but yeah, I'm I'm familiar with those. Uh, I think they're from what from everything I've heard and the guys that I've talked to that have been in them. Um, great leagues. I love the 1.5. I mean, that's kind of catching on for tight ends and PPR, um, pretty much in all, all over leagues. But yeah, it sounds like a lot of great things going on. Eric Dickens from Dynasty League Football is our guest, and Eric, we've. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I looked at the rankings uh, earlier today, and if you and you, you can, it's, they're really well designed. Great site. You can pull up the rankings for any position, overall position, and rookies. And that's that's kind of what's exciting right now because if you haven't had your rookie draft yet, I think I've had six or seven of my dynasty league uh, rookie drafts. I've got one tomorrow, and uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. Uh, if you've never played in dynasty, the rookie draft is the element, the component that makes dynasty leagues what they are. Uh, they give you that that uh, new infusion of talent every year. They also give you that trading frenzied activity that goes on because everybody's trying to move up and position themselves in certain spots in the draft. And uh, so when I went to your rankings, I took a look at um, some of the players that you had on there. We're going to kind of just spin around the show tonight, Eric, if you don't mind. I've got a lot of topics here. Uh, I, I saw two names in particular. One that stood out to me was Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, you have at number 14 overall on your board. And I want to talk about that for a second because I acquired Matt Forte this year, and he lasted on my team for about uh, one month <laughs> total. And I got cold feet. I don't know what it was. I just got cold feet. And Brandon Marshall signed uh, with Chicago, and and I automatically flipped my switch and said, man, I would love to have Marshall paired up here with Calvin in this league just every single week, and I think I can afford to hit it running back. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw an offer out there, and – it got bit, like, you know, within five minutes. That's when you kind of know, like, oh, I didn't ask for enough. It was 4K for Marshall straight up. Tell me what you think about that trade and Brandon Marshall in particular. Sure. Yeah, I um, – <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, talking with the other writers and the partners at the site, I, I know I'm higher on Marshall than most. Um, uh, and I can go into that a little bit if you want. The the Forte and Marshall thing, I think they're close. I mean, I, in my personal rankings, I do have Marshall 14th overall. 
Um, I have Forte, I believe, around 18th. Um, You know, for me, I just believe in building around wide receivers, and I especially like guys who are going to consistently get 100 catches over a season. There's not very many of them. Um, Marshall's one of those guys to me. You know, he's had he's been in the 80s the last two years, but that's with um, essentially uh, the the bottom of the barrel throwing to him. Uh, him going back to Chicago, I moved him up drastically in my opinion. He goes back with Cutler. Uh, they added Alshon Jeffrey, which I think takes some pressure off of him. Um, he's still going to get plenty of attention, but I do think it takes some pressure off of him. Um, and and yeah, especially with Forte's holdout situation, love Forte, love the talent. He can do everything well. Um, but, yeah, especially with that, I, I think that's a good move. And, and maybe you could have got a little bit more from perceived value. But uh, I, I personally like it. Yeah, I think I kind of missed out there, Mike. Don't you? I mean, Forte for Marshall, you don't agree with that, do you, Mike? Yeah, I don't regret it a bit. Uh, there's one question I'd like to ask of Eric real quick. Uh, you know, say you're, uh, you're a pretty good redrafter. Uh, you, 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 you know, you draft well, and uh, three years into Dynasty League, uh, you know, your team has been good, and now all of a sudden it's starting to fall off. Uh, it's gone bad. Uh, do you invest more into trades, or do you just bite the bullet and uh, start redrafting and get better in draft? Man, that's a great question. Um for me, if I get to a point where I am middle of the pack and I'm I'm no longer really contending, um, I'm kind of on the fringe. I might make the playoffs, but you know you're not going to do some damage. I would much rather take my lumps and just blow it up. And if that means trading away those big pieces for picks and young guys who I believe in, then I'm much more willing to do that and get it over with and hopefully climb back up. The worst thing to me, in my opinion, is to be in that middle of the pack section for years and then eventually have to do it anyway. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I like what you said about uh, what you said about building building around wide receivers because there's a ton of talent out there in uh, wide receivers. So there's a there's a lot that can be had uh, with those guys. Uh, but you know that, that's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, it's just something that I've run into. Uh, it's just you know. You can be good at drafting, but it's it's a totally different story three, four years down the road because you've got a totally different team, uh, and then you have to uh, deal with, uh, you know, you're, you were good and now you're bad. So now, mm-hmm. what do you do? Yeah, I mean, if, if that's the case and, and you're a good drafter and you're having some problems, either you got guys who fell off quickly so you drafted a little old or – um, just guys going to bad situations, then um, you start making trades. But if if you really trust yourself with the uh, evaluation piece of fantasy football, then you trade them for picks or for those young players who – I'll just throw a couple names out there just to give examples, but like Leonard Hankerson or a Titus Young, guys who you, you truly believe will go to that next level, mm-hmm. and you get them before people are in the same boat as you are. Good deal. Thanks, Eric. No problem. <laughs> Yeah, we're speaking with Eric Dickens from DynastyLeagueFootball.com. We're, we're speaking about the rankings that are posted over on the site. Uh, there, there's definitely some eye-turners there. Also, the one that really stood out to me, uh, we talked about the Brandon Marshall being at 14. We also looked at the Chris Johnson, the CJ2K ranking that you had there, uh, a little lower than, than most people had him. You got him at 23, a couple of the other staff members at 7 and at 9. And, and, and I think the, the consensus is he's still a top-10 pick. Uh, a lot of people, uh, the guys at Pro Football Focus, they had him at number six. What What is it about CJ2K? The carries, the offense? Tell me about your 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 impression. Now, I know he he definitely has those goose eggs that come out from time to time. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of factors that go into it for him specifically for me. Um, unbelievably talented. The guy can turn on a dime and he's gone. And you know, you have the the six points for the touchdown and plus the plus the ninety yards, but my issues with him are are multifaceted. Um, I don't I don't like what the offensive line has done the last couple of years. Um, specifically last year with him, I don't like a player who doesn't give effort. And what I saw from watching the games was Ringer giving twice as much effort as Chris Johnson. And 
I just know, I mean, even in life, not just football, you turn it off. It's hard to flip that switch back on. And in football, when you are at the elite in the NFL, you've got to be able to turn it on. Um, I'm not convinced he's there. Um, I heard, I think it was earlier this week, that he's trying to put on some weight. That always worries me when players start kind of messing with things. It makes me think they lost a little bit of confidence. They maybe are starting to question what's wrong with them. So um, kind of all those issues. Plus, if, if Walker's the quarterback, they added Kimball Wright, I just think that they're going to be throwing a little bit more as well. We have a Twitter question for Eric Dickens. Uh, this comes from at Remedial Geek. He says, DLF football fantasy prospects of Michael Brockers and will Brandon Taylor be a productive safety in San Diego? Man, all right, the SEC is popping up. you got two LSU players here. The Rams did sign Brockers. What do you think about that and Brandon Taylor uh, in San Diego? Well, I'll be the first one to admit I'm, I'm definitely not an IDP guy. Um, just starting to get into it and really – just learning that side of the ball, I feel like a lot more goes into it than uh, scheme plays such a big part there. Uh, but what I'll say is we have some guys at DLF that do a terrific job with that. So looking at their rankings, they have Brockers, um, looks like about 15th for DTs. Um, you know, they're they're pretty consistent. Got one guy top 10 and then a couple at 19. Um, you know, the DT position is one that is widely ignored for a long time. Um, but if you're going young, I mean, you can wait for quite a while on him in rookie drafts. So uh, definitely you got to watch for. And then as far as Brandon Taylor, it looks like uh, let's see, 35th overall for safeties. Um, you know, and they're kind of split on him as well, around 30 and 40 collectively. But um, so, you know, I can't speak to them individually. I just don't watch enough of that side of the ball. Um, but it looks like, you know, you can go to our rankings. We have them all broken out. Uh, linebacker rankings will show you what scheme they're in, and and yeah, it's great. They just got revamped probably a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'm not a big IDP guy either, so I, I'll I'll admit that as well. But I I have looked at this kid, and 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 Mike, you're a huge SEC guy, so I know you you saw that defense last year, and they yeah. say that Steelers already expected to compete for the uh, the starting job over uh, Mr. Bigby, so. <laughs> I, you know that Rams defense is improving with these uh, with these picks and San Diego's defense. They should be improving. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in St. Louis. I, the, the, the whole Brian Quick thing to me, uh, you know, I'm, I was drafted in the league the other uh, like a month, two months ago, and this guy took Brian Quick and Michael Bronte from from BFD uh, Dynasty. He took Brian Quick number four overall. Eric, what do you think about a pick like that? Number one, it takes guts to do. I mean, you're going to spend your fourth pick. You take him, Brian Quick. You're stepping out on a limb. Do you do you feel that strongly uh, about a guy like Brian Quick? Can he be that good? Um, not personally, no, I don't think so. Um, tons of upside. Uh, I'm actually probably lower on him than most, mainly because I I don't like to waste those first round rookie picks. And to me, you're going to get him in a normal league into the first beginning of the second. And I I like to make a little bit safer picks, or I should say, guys who I think have just as much upside, um, but much higher floor. So personally, I I think he will be a nice receiver there. I don't know that either. I don't know that they have a number one receiver as far as fantasy football goes, and I'm not even sure that they have a number one receiver in, in the NFL. They're, they seem more like number two guys to me. We're talking with Eric Dickens from Dynasty League Football. Co-host is always Michael Trent from Brandenburg, Kentucky. Uh, we've got uh, the chat room here, the crew at Red vs. Blues, some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football. We want to talk about uh, the, the the wide receivers from last year. A lot of times you have the rookie drafts going on, and then you have to if you, if you like what you see and maybe you have some picks, you can move them for guys who have already experienced the rookie year and maybe just cut out that year of learning curve that a lot of people are disappointed with. Um, and so when I looked at last year, obviously everybody knows the names, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, those guys you're not going to get for a fair trade at all because, it's, I mean, they're just they're, their upside is, uh, you know, tremendous. But when I look at the rest of the wide receivers, it's a heck of a class. Greg Little, Randall Cobb, Torrey Smith, Leonard Hankerson, Titus Young, and then Jonathan uh, Baldwin. So we've got, we've got several names here, six guys. Who's going to be that number three wide receiver from last year's class that you could maybe 
that, that are being sold a little, you know, cheap right now. And you could pat, you could you could trade your rookie pick or picks for one of these guys and already have that rookie rookie season out of the way. Yeah, I think I mean you mentioned some guys, and I actually like most of the guys you mentioned. Um, Greg Little to me is going to be. Uh, I hate to say it, but kind of a, a baby Brandon Marshall. He's going to uh, get tons of catches. I mean, you see his rookie year, he didn't put up that many yards. Part of that's the quarterback issue there, which obviously is going to be different. But um, part of it, too, he is a uh, strong guy. I hear he's trying to lose a little weight, get a little bit quicker, uh, which we'll see. We'll see if he can do that successfully. But, I mean, I like the guy a lot. I have uh, Little and Titus Young, Randall Cobb, ranked very closely. Um, if I was going just off sheer talent alone and the systems were all the same, I would definitely say little. Um, but the systems aren't all the same. He's in Cleveland. Uh, you got Titus Young opposite Calvin Johnson in Detroit. Detroit doesn't mind throwing the ball around. Same thing with Randall Cobb. The only difference is he's kind of buried right now. So um, if, you're, if you're banking on somebody long-term and you can look three years out, I actually probably would go with Randall Cobb's upside. Uh, if you're looking for immediate production and hope that a guy can slide into that flex spot for you, then um, I would probably go with Little. And I would say Young has probably a balance between that. Great upside, but also is going to hopefully produce here, um, if not in 2012, when Burleson is, you know, out of Detroit. We're 30 minutes That's past the hour. Mike, Trent, I wanna, Mike, Mike, I'd like to ask you this real quick. I've got this queued up for you. Uh, uh, we're seeing Randall Cobb. We're seeing Randall Cobb go with a pretty high trade value right now. It's pretty fascinating to see this going on, and it and it, and it has a lot to do with Aaron Rodgers. Let's let's get that off the table. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of speculation that he was one of the most talented receivers in the draft last year. Mike, you're a big UK fan. You know all about Randall Cobb. So my question for you is: Right now, today, would you trade Vincent Jackson for Randall Cobb? I saw that go uh, saw that offer proposed recently. Would you trade Vincent Jackson for Randall Cobb? And if not, Mike, why? Uh, I would not. Uh, the reason I, I would I would stay uh, I would stay home with Vincent Jackson. The reason is because there is so much uh, versatility going on with uh, Green Bay. There's so many receivers. Jordy Nelson. I mean, this guy. People forget about Jordy Nelson. This guy is going to be incredible uh, for Green Bay. So. Uh, Randall Cobb, he does have a lot of upside. There's going to be a lot of things that's going to go his way, but I, I just couldn't do it because that's too much of a chance uh, at at this point in time. I mean, they're they're going to spread the ball around. Eric, I posed that question to you. I, uh, Randall Cobb or Vincent Jackson, and and uh, which which one would you would you choose there? Would it have more to do with the makeup of your team? But who has more who has more dynasty trade value? Uh, trade value, I'd say definitely Vincent Jackson. Um, if you're making that deal, I, I think you should be able to get something back in it, whether it's a second-round pick, third-round pick, something. Um, you know, I, I, Vincent Jackson isn't as young as most people seem to think he is. Um, not that he's old, but he's definitely uh, – there's some difference there in age. Uh, Vincent Jackson also has shown a history of uh, success on the field. We haven't seen that um, in the passing game. We've seen it in the return game, I guess, with Cobb, but – um, if you have a young team, if you're rebuilding, then you could roll the dice, trade Vincent Jackson, get Cobb plus something. Um, but if you have a team competing now, like I said with Cobb, you may be waiting a little just for the fact he is a little bit buried right now. We're also going to move. We're, we're going to stick with this second-year theme, guys, uh, because I think there's a lot to second-year guys. I mean, we've seen the LaShawn McCoy come out of nowhere. I mean, really, the – the, you know, no Sean Moreno was usually drafted ahead of McCoy uh, at, from Pittsburgh, and, and we saw the second year comes comes around and Moreno falls off the earth. McCoy rises to fantasy stardom after a really lackluster year. So the first year is really not a huge indicator of, of success because they can get success in that second year. And a name that I see still coming up all the time, Eric, is Jock Quiz Rogers, the quiz for the Atlanta Falcons. And Turner's still there. This kid averaged 3.6 yards to carry last year, only 21 receptions, so he's only had less than 80 touches. Can this guy? I mean, he's he's five 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 six if he's lucky, right? Can, can this guy be a a sleeper that uh, is worth rostering? Um, worth rostering, yes, depending on obviously the size of the roster. Um, those that think he can be an every down back, I think, are going to be disappointed. 
Um, I hear a lot of comparisons to Sproles, and they say, well, Sproles isn't an every down back, so Jaquiz Rogers can produce like that, and you you know you still want him as a starter. I I would disagree. I, the Sproles comparison is being made almost as much as the Welker comparison is being made these days. Jaquiz Rogers is not as fast as Darren Sproles. He doesn't have feet like Darren Sproles. Um, I was just talking about this the other night on a different podcast, but he he is good. He is a good player. Um, he actually is really good in short yardage, uh, which is a little surprising considering its size, a little work done in there. Um, and he has good feet, but he's not Darren Sproles. Mike, do you have a comment on Jacquez Rogers? Yeah, I'm just kind of curious. If uh, if, if Jacquez Rogers didn't hit, then, uh, you know, let's face it, uh, every NFL team has a two-back uh, situation, so uh, – what what what's their other option in, in Atlanta? I mean, Snelling, oh, right? Totally, yeah, I I totally agree that he's going to have a major role in Atlanta, and I think he'll be a better better running back for his team than he will be for your fantasy team. I, I don't at all disagree. He's definitely talented. He should fit right in and have a great role, especially with a guy that doesn't catch passes. Um, but I don't see him being able to take over that spot or become a 1A and a 1A and 1B running back by committee. We've got some of the names in the chat room commenting on quiz. Sports betting man quiz is more like Taiwan Jones. Coyote Streaker says he isn't as strong. Sproles bench like 25 reps of 220 at the combine. Sproles is a freak. Quiz is not. And Dave Gerzak agrees with those guys. So, uh, some of the best minds uh, agreeing that Quiz Rogers is not the answer. Uh, I, th- I still see Turner as a 70% of the touches guy. Uh, I, I don't think he's really lost that much. People continue to doubt him. They don't. He doesn't get the receptions, which is true, but he gets touchdowns. He gets carried, and for the ADP that you're getting him in, uh, it seems like he's still he's still in that value realm uh, area. I, you know, it's nothing. Um, I don't. I don't even have a draft board in front of me, guys. But I remember seeing Turner go in like the fifth round, and I'm like, God, like how can how can this guy still be falling? Nobody right. really wants to be Turner it because of those receptions. You're not getting the PPR, and you're counting on the touchdowns. But hey, the offense is opening up, and the more that happens, the running lanes start to open, and uh, you know Turner can Turner can still uh, make some moves. Okay, let's keep uh, let's 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 go to our risers and fallers segment. We're always looking for the ADPs. Are they going up? Are they going down? I want to take a look at Cam Newton. It's, it's, it's a name that we cannot talk enough about, okay? It's like every week I've got to have a Cam Newton reference because, to me, he passes the eye test of being the best player I've ever seen, okay? He played the game, all right? I mean, I just watch him, and, I, and you, when he lines up at the line and he looks over his offensive line and he's staring down the defenders, I mean, he's so big on that field. He can do anything he wants inside the goal line. Now, whether or not – he gets killed or, 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 or suffers injury. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people predict about that kind of stuff. You have Cam Newton, uh, 12 overall on your board. No, I'm sorry, 28 on your board. The guy right beside you has him at 12. So talk about the disparity there. You're kind of down on him. Uh, talk about why you're down on Cam Newton. Yeah, I'll say the, the bigger disparity between my rankings and the other partners uh, for the overall 400 is that, Typically, I just in a startup draft, I just don't value drafting a quarterback high. Um, I prefer it's just you know kind of the 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 way that I have built teams is to wait on value, and I don't feel like most of the quarterbacks are value. Now, if Aaron Rodgers is sitting there at five or six um, in a startup draft, and yeah, I'm taking him um, just because of consistency. But we've seen one great year out of Cam Newton. I agree. Passes the eye test. Looks amazing. And, and I was very impressed. Um, so I like him. I, I think a more accurate ranking, um, to get a comparison would be to look at just the quarterback rankings. Um, and I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I believe I have him fourth overall. Um, I think he's third. Yeah. Sorry about that. You do have him third. third. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, you know, and I have him even ahead of somebody like a uh, Drew Brees, which um, a lot of that's age-related. But So I'm I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. I have Rodgers and Stafford um, and then Cam. So I'm a fan. I just, uh, when I, like I said, when I'm building a team from the ground up, I typically wait on quarterback and grab some value. Yep, gotcha. Yeah, I, I do want to I, – I misspoke on that. You do have him third overall. It is it is absolutely the overall rankings of your dynasty teams you – you definitely value quarterback a little less than the other guys. Let's move on to 
Jamal Charles coming off a major injury. He has the addition of Peyton Hillis. The ACL, uh, it was a devastating day for fantasy owners everywhere because you knew one person in every league had this guy, and it was the worst day of their life when that when this injury happened. And you got to feel for when something like that happens. Anytime somebody loses a first-round pick, uh, we feel sympathetic for those guys because it's not – it's not something you can prevent. You know it's going to happen at some point. You just don't want to be that guy. And hopefully you have the handcuff in place. You always try to cuff your, your your number one pick. But having said that, he's back this year, and there's not a lot of love for him like like I would expect. Uh, you seem to be pretty high on him. Can you repeat that one more time? I was answering a question in the uh, the chat room. Sure, sure. No, we're, talking, we're, we're, we're talking Jamal Charles. He's back from injury, and you seem to be pretty high on him. But a lot of the community still hasn't kind of we've, – we've still seen his ADP not be where we thought it could be. Is it Peyton Hillis that's scaring him off? Uh, you're, you're obviously not scared off at all. No, I'm, I'm really not. I think uh, for me, I think a lot of what scares people is the knee injury, um, but it happens so early in the year. And when you when you go back and you look at the type of knee injury he had and guys that have had similar injuries – those that have had them that early tend to bounce back much quicker. Um, so the other night we were discussing Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson. To me, Charles, uh, it's night and day difference. It's two different questions. Because Peterson's happened in game 16. Charles happened at the beginning of the season. And I just think he has plenty of time to bounce back. He's shown he can do it with limited carries. I think the addition of Hillis could help him. Um, Thomas Jones got plenty of carries in Kansas City. He just didn't do anything with him. So the people that are worried about Hillis – really should just go back and look and see how many carries Thomas Jones actually got. I don't think Hillis will get more than that. I think he may do more with it. Um, but Jamal Charles is, is one of those guys that creates something out of nothing, and um, he's young, injury happened early. I expect him to bounce back. Got a, a really uh, festive conversation going on in the chat room here, the crew at Red versus Blue. Some the Mark Ingram name always seems to come up somehow when uh, Balky and when Gerzak are around. The Mark Ingram story lives on. Uh, I want to talk about Roy Hillou. Uh This guy I really was a fan of in college. I, uh, I I tried to acquire him everywhere I could in Dynasty. And this, this, this guy, when I watched him play, and I watched him, let's just throw it out there, Mark Ingram play, I was uh, – I looked at the, the way the, both these guys played. I said, man, if, if Halu had the line that Mark Ingram had in college, that guy would have looked just as good, too. And, and you know, I didn't, you didn't have to see a, a lot of, uh, you know, left and right kind of moves and juice from Halu, but I just saw a lot of good running back skills, and the guy got open and took, took things to the house. So you've got, uh, you've got him kind of uh, right there in the middle of the pack, a pretty good ranking. Can we trust Shanahan? Because now we're tearing Tim Hightower. I mean, I mean how can we hear Tim Hightower – is now the starting running back for the Washington Redskins. you got all this good stuff going on with RG3. How can we hear Hightower over Helu? What's your response, Eric? Uh, first of all, you can't trust anything from Mike Shanahan. Um, I, I, I don't know that you can, you can trust anything that comes out of his mouth. So the fact that he's talking about Hightower in June really doesn't bother me. If it was in September, it really doesn't bother me because he can talk about one running back and start the next and give him carries all game long. Um, I'm with you on Helu. I guess I should say I'm, I'm about halfway to where you're at. Um, I, I like the talent. He is absolutely a perfect fit in that system. So when the talent and the situation come together, um, it, he's absolutely the perfect guy in that, in that situation. Um, Hightower can block really well, but when that's what you say about the guy, I'm not too concerned about him um, keeping Halu off the field. If Shanahan keeps him off the field, that's that's another matter. But in Dynasty, I'm drafting talent and going to worry about situation later. Yeah, he was one of those guys, Mike, isn't he, that uh, everybody yeah. underrated, everybody bashed him on our show last year and gave me help for ranking him. And they, they all, all the prognosticators that um, a lot of these guys listen to, a, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them were like, eh, he just doesn't have it. He's he's not going to be anything. And, and uh, you know, don't don't even consider drafting him. And in the 1250 dynasty, I took him at like 1718, something like that. And, and, and I just saw something in him. And I think he's still got it. The question is, well, can we trust Shanahan? Mike, what's your take on uh, Halu this year? Do you think he uh, ends up being the lead back there? You know, I, I kind of agree with Eric. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty tough. Uh, 
it's pretty tough what card uh, Shanny's gonna uh, gonna throw out there. But uh, you know, I I think early on you have to take your chance on uh, Halo and uh, go with it uh, because I mean, if he's gonna be your guy, which that's Shanahan's guy, then you got to go with him. And uh, so. You know, RG3, he's going to need all the help in the world, and I think uh, Haley's going to be uh, the help that RG3 needs. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's a pretty good uh, – I think he's a pretty good take. Eric Dickens from DynastyLeagueFootball.com is our guest. Eric, uh, I'm going to be a little uh, uh, greedy here tonight. I do have that Dynasty draft I told you about tomorrow. I'm very heavy at wide receiver, very comfortable there, kind of thin at running back. And I've got the 1-7 pick. I also have the 110 uh, and a couple other ones. But looking at team composition, when it comes to drafting your rookies, um, let's say that David Wilson goes number six, and I miss out on my chance for David Wilson because Blackman goes five, Wilson goes six, and now I'm sitting here looking at Michael Floyd. My team is deep at wide receiver, Cruz, Marshall, Colston, and a lot of other young guys that I'm really happy about. Do you take the best player available, which I think is Michael Floyd, or do you try to maybe move down, or do you just take, uh, or do you just get uh, like a Ronnie Hillman and say forget about it? I, I think if it was me, I would probably either take Floyd or try to move down. Um, and if you can move down and don't move too far, I've seen Hillman get sniped a little earlier than his normal ADP. Um, but if you can move down a couple spots and pick up an additional pick and still get the guy you want, I think that's fine. Or take Floyd and immediately let everyone know, you know, you're looking for running back help and you don't have to put Floyd up there on the block, but just let them know, hey, I'm I'm interested in running back a little deeper receiver. So I, definitely one of those two routes. I wouldn't take uh, Hillman that early. To me, I think McGahee has more in the tank left than uh, most think. And I, I, I like Hillman. I just I want to see a little bit of it first, and I know that's going to cause his price to go up if he shows it. But I I want to see a little bit of it in that offense. Um, John Fox tends to favor the veterans quite a bit, and I I'm not sure that McGahey's uh, ready to go out the door yet. Let's talk about some dynasty etiquette here. I want to give you a scenario that just happened to one of our leagues the other day. We had a new owner jump in and. You know, he did the high guys kind of thing and gave us the introduction, told us who he was, let everybody know this was his first dynasty league, looking forward to it, blah, blah, blah. Well, as soon as that happened, you know, I, I don't even I, – I didn't even miss the email, okay? And, but when somebody says that, the vultures start, you know, swirling overhead. And you're like, what's going on? You go – and as soon as I read that, I'm like, oh, no. what? And I went right to transactions, and already he had been – Fleeced, okay. Not a not a trade that you know you want to veto or anything like that. But let me let me read this trade to you. It involves Mark Ingram, <clears throat> guys, in the chat room. <laughs> ready, I'm ready. He gives up Mark Ingram, Fred Jackson, Hakeem Nix, and a three-two rookie pick. Okay, so you've already got some big pieces there. Ingram, Jackson, and Nix. He gets Frank Gore, Jamie Harper. Taiwan Jones, Stephen Ridley, Deshaun Jackson, Damian Williams, and the one-six rookie pick. Wow, Eric, I know that's a mouthful, but all all I heard was Deshaun Jackson one-six for Knicks and Ingram. If you throw in Tyler Palco, I think you got a deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that sounds like the old like. Let me give you. Uh, you know, 10 pennies and you give me your quarter. Um, I I don't like that deal. I tend to distrust when I'm getting more players back. I take a strong look at it. Unless you're rebuilding and you know that you're giving up the best player in the deal and you're getting younger. And, um, yeah, I mean, you you had me already when you, you got to that third name and said, Nick's. that's just a lot of value to be given up, and there's no marquee pieces coming back. Yeah. The same guy, four hours later, gives up Sam Bradford, Stephen Ridley, Shane Vereen, Titus Young. So he got Bradford, Ridley, Vereen, and Young. He gets James Starks, 2-3, 3-3, and a next year's third rounder. Wow. I think that may be worse, actually. I, I mean, he's giving up. 
at least some youth. I, I wouldn't say it's worse, but he's giving up some youth that he got and getting literally nothing except some flyer picks later and uh, a running back who may or may not be startable this year in Starks. Yeah. Yeah, it's disappointing when things like that happen, and they're not really, like I said, they're not really vetoable traits because you don't know what he wants to do with his pick. You don't know how he wants to manage his team, but and you want to give him a chance to, you know, get involved and get into the, to the league, but I almost would put a, a rule that says, hey, for new people to Dynasty, we give a, um, uh, I, you know, I don't know, it's just hard to put in anything, like a two-player maximum on any deal or – um, something that goes to the rest of the league to give us your feedback. Mike, do you have any comments on this at all? I sure do. I mean, I made I made a ton of bad trades uh, when I'm when I was new to Dynasty. I traded away LT. I traded away Jamal Charles. Uh, you you know you just don't know. I mean, those trades are are set in stone, and uh, those those guys are making those trades. They may seem so bad. To uh, you, uh, me, and Eric, and everybody, it's like, whoa! How can you do this? Uh, but you know, it's it's kind of hard to say. Well, no, no, you you can't you can't revoke it. You just can't yeah. revoke it. Just let that owner live and learn. I've lived and learned. I mean, that's you know, I'm still not that good at dynasty football, but I'm still trying to learn the situation. Uh, the, the the trades and how to do it. So you know you're going to make mistakes, and could it be a mistake? Right now it seems like a mistake, but we'll see in the future. Yeah, yeah. You know I think Eric has the best suggestion in the chat room. He said, "Hey, send him here," and I think that's a a, a duty of the commissioner, which I'm going to go ahead and send out, and and I think I ought to put it onto the site. I think it's a duty of all commissioners when, when new people are welcomed into dynasty formats to give them all the resources possible. You know, this is a transparent thing here anymore. You know, we don't we don't need to be hiding and gobbling up our information and like, man, I hope you know, I remember years ago I hope they don't have rankings like I do, you know. I mean that was right. how it used to be. I think we need to just be like, Hey, let's embrace this guy. It would be good for the league if he makes good trades. It's bad for the league if he gets fleeced. It makes it harder on us to win. So Let's give him all the tools and all the resources. Then he can make an educated decision all day long. He can do whatever he wants with those rankings at that point. Uh, but it is hard to understand the value of rookie picks, and he just doesn't know what he's getting with second and third round picks. Yeah, you know, and and that's that's totally correct, Scott. And you know, that's some of the situations that uh, I ran into, and I'm still running into. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. You know, you, you just, sometimes you just don't know, but. If you have the tools in front of you, like what uh, what Eric can provide, and uh, and a lot of things, a lot of people out there. I mean, you know, you have a lot of, uh, you know, you can get back on on the right side of things, so to speak. Eric Dickens from Dynasty League Football is our guest. I'm always joined by the Big Blue co-host Michael Trent. Uh, Eric, you've got the coolest gig in the world. You sit around and play on Twitter all day and Facebook and uh, all the other social media things that I have probably no idea about. Uh, what do you think of these Twitter guys that have 2,000 followers and, like, zero to ten followings? What do you, what do you think about those guys? I, uh, I I think that probably they're they're not – well, and this is just me generalizing, obviously, but I think they're probably not as connected um, as you really need to be if you want more than just a number there. Um I think I follow somewhere around 450, and that's after cutting back. I think I got up to 600 at one point. And honestly, I'd love to follow more. I just can't keep up. So it's either follow a little bit less, like what I said I'm at, or um, miss everything. You know, I could be following 2,000 people, but then I'm not interacting with anybody. So if if you message me on Twitter, and again, it's at DL Football. Um, if you message me on Twitter, you're getting a response. If you mention us on Twitter, you're getting a response from me. So whether I follow you or not, if you have good stuff, I see it, I retweet it. Um, I kind of feel like it's my job as the the Twitter voice of Dynasty League Football to provide information, kind of like what you were just talking about, but also not just our information. Um, if I see good stuff from other sites, if I see podcasts, I'll be the first one to, to jump out there and pass that on to Dynasty owners. 
It's a great gig, man. I absolutely love it. I think every every company should have somebody like you. Jets, Knicks, Mets uh, followed Red Blue Radio during the show. So, Jets, Knicks, Mets, welcome to the sickness here. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes left in the show. We talked about uh, pretty much all the risers and followers in our Rookie Rodeo segment. Uh, looking back at the draft class from 2008, I was starting to do some dynasty trade evaluations. You know, every once in a while I'll peek in there and I'll go back to the archives and I'll be like, oh, man, did I screw this team up or what? I could have had a monster. Um, I got to ask myself, is 2012 shaping up to be that kind of class? Because that that class from 2008, I don't know if you remember uh, the exact details of that thing, but, oh, my gosh, it had so it had so much. McFadden, Jonathan Stewart, Matt Forte, Mendenhall, Ray Rice, Kevin Smith, Felix Jones, Chris Johnson, Jamal Charles, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Jackson, Jordy Nelson, Pierre Garçon. That was 2008 draft class. So when you look at a class like that and you stack it up to 2012, what do you think of this class overall, Eric? You know, I think maybe 2008 going into the draft, um, 2012 would compare okay to it. Uh, but afterwards, yeah, you, you just named off all those names. I don't see that coming out of this class. Uh, people probably said that before 2008's class as well, but um, I think what you see in 2012, at least from my opinion, is very heavy at the top with some of the best prospects we've seen in Trent Richardson, Andrew Luck, RG3. I'll even throw Doug Martin in there. I've been high on Doug Martin for a long time before Tampa picked him. Uh, saw, saw him on tape and said, that guy's got it. Um, so I'll say there's plenty of talent at the top. People have been talking about Alshon Jeffrey for three years. Michael Floyd's been talked about, Justin Blackman. So there, there's definitely some power at the top. Um, every draft class is going to have some sleepers. I, re- I really actually like the wide receiver depth of this class. I think you're going to have a lot of nice players who have good careers. Uh, but I don't think you're going to have quite the star power um, as far as deep, you know, the depth of the 2008 class. At DLF or at DL Football for Eric, and also at Eric Dickens. Make sure you give his other account a little love. You never know if they have a falling out. At least he'll have another thing that he can go to, and he's got both Twitter accounts uh, living strong. Eric Dickens from Dynasty League Football. Thanks for being on Red vs. Blue, man. You're welcome here anytime, and I uh, I hope to uh, be checking things out uh, with the site as you guys grow. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it, and it's always fun talking Dynasty Football. Tell Eric, Jeff and Ken we said hello, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, tell, hey, tell Jeff and Ken we said hello, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. That was Eric Dickens. Hey, great guest, man. We love having uh, some guys like that on the show. Let's talk about the high stakes world, Mike. We've got the FTC draft starting. We've, we've also got more NFFC draft starting. You also have this enigma over here, this full-time fantasy starting up with FF Toolbox. You've got a lot of world championship-type events going on here. Obviously, the big dog on the block, the FFPC, has the FPC. Thousands upon thousands of teams are going to take their shot at that top prize. Mike, you going to play in that this year? No, I I don't think so. Well, we might. (laughs) I say say not right now, Scott, but, you know, you never know. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at... <laughs> You're fired. Everybody. All right, man. Well, we had a great time here on Red vs. Blue. Thanks to everybody in the chat room. We love you guys. We'll uh, we'll definitely talk to you next week. Uh, we've got a lot going on in the industry, and uh, just stay tuned, man. Let's keep plugged into all these shows on the on the message boards. We'll see you on Twitter, and. Uh, we got to remember sure. this. And, and the thing is, I'm thinking about should I show mercy on you? Should I start Benson and show mercy? Or should I start Terrain and really just hammer you down? I don't know what to do. I I don't know. Part of me feels like mercy. Part of me feels like, <laughs> eh, go ahead and start Benson and just win by 10, 12 points. You think, you think you're going to you think you're gonna beat me? Yep. No, I know I will. <laughs> All right, Mikey. Hey, enjoy this heat, brother. We'll talk hey, to you man. soon. Go ahead. Everybody have a great 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Good stuff, Mikey. We'll talk to you next week, my man. Get him on. I'm on. Get him on. I'm on. Get him on. I'm on.
Coco. I ain't wait this hard since I was 18. Apologize if I say anything I don't mean. Like, what's up with your best friend? We get all have some fun, believe me. And what's up with these new niggas? And why they think it all comes so easy? Forget it while you here, boy. Cause all that hype don't feel the same next year, boy. Yeah. And I'll be right here in my spot with a little more cash than I already got. Tripping off you cause you had your shot. With my skin tan and my hair long. With my fans who've been so patient. Me and 40 back to work, but we still smell like a vacation. Hate your rumors, hate the bullshit, hate these fucking allegations. I'm just feeling like the throne is for the taking. Watch me take All it. I care about is money in the city that I'm from. I'ma sip until I feel it. I'ma smoke until it's done. I don't really give a fuck in my excuses that I'm young. And I'm only getting older. Somebody should. I told you I'm on one, yeah, fuck it, I'm on one, yeah, I said I'm on one, fuck it, I'm on one, two white cups that I got that drink, could be purple or could be pink, depending on how you mix that shit, money to be got, I'ma get that shit, cause I'm on one, I said fuck it, I'm on I'm burning purple flowers. It's burning my chest. I bury the most. Mikey, I won't make you put up with that all night. What, what a great chat room we had tonight, man. If you couldn't see it, oh, they had such a blast, man. They had they had a really good time. Uh, they got thanks, Scott. Great show, Scott and Mike. Nice job, guys. Sweet show. Love the Ice Stakes Hour. Solid outro. It's the Ice Stakes Fantasy Two Hour. Cool song. Both shows are great. Love Red vs. Blue. Great job, Scott and Mike. Uh, Yeah, they had a lot of fun, Mike. Way to go, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Mikey's out.